Hello and welcome back to the Dungeons and Dragons Podcast UK. My name is Yasmin and I will be the DM. Hi, my name's Spencer. I play Caddo Chasseur, a cleric from Gavany, who has a pet dog called Pickle. Hi, my name is Samantha. I play Laura Greyvale and she is a sorceress from the province of Navalia. Hello, I'm Colin and I play Cuin de Greymont, a paladin from Farben in the province of Gavany. Hi, I'm Ryan. I play Ogvar Shawfort, a goat herding, mushroom seeking ranger from Keswick. the secrets of the Silver City. This week we feel a full recap of recent events is in order. Troubling times unfold once again for the team as a terrified young girl emerged from the tree line at the side of the trail. Seeking safety and pleading for help she shared her sinister story leaving the companions simply no choice other than to try and help by locating Brady, her little brother. The team now had a new distraction to deal with, and Kewin was keen to get going, but unfortunately some mixed messages with his mount left him unceremoniously deposited on the deck. Following her footsteps, the trio backtracked Ivona's frantic flight through the foliage until they arrived at a clearing sporting the cave entrance that Murdoch had mentioned earlier. At Alora's behest, her bat was instructed to infiltrate the cavern and gather information. This ultimately gave rise to a rather silly game of charades, as Rowan returned with a tale to tell that raised more questions than it resolved. Our companions had collected their courage and adopted a cautious stance as they crept into what soon revealed itself to be an old catacomb, where only Avison's dead should dwell. Desperate cries from the dark fueled the further of our bold friends and, determined to deal with whatever lay ahead, they began to uncover the truth of the horrors that were hidden within. The desolation was palpable, the stagnating air was rank with rot, and crudely created cages steeped in blood and bone played host to their human remains in varying stages of decomposition and desiccation. Episode 102, A Spawn in a Deadly Game. Oh, can I? Can I? Use my translocation anklet to move 10 feet back. Yes, you may. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so you leave its range provoking no attack opportunity. Excellent. Okay, so... The creature... There we go. Okay. It turns its eyes to you, Ogvar, as you relocate. Okay. Make me a will save, please. Uh, that is going to be a 
Eleven. Well, okay, so, Ogvar, no. as you make eye contact with this creature, you feel almost a disgusting, filthy probe into your mind. Almost as if claws have seized your consciousness. And you are left standing dumbstruck uh, under the creature's control. Okay. Cumin, you're up next. Right, well. Cumin's gonna see this. And he'll go and look. Oh, okay. You're right, Oppa. Ah! Right, okay. Then he's gonna get. Bound forward at this creature. The creature can't be that far away, can he? It's about 10, 15 foot away, right, so he's gonna... Uh And you also, Cumin, just sorry, you also get this feeling as you make eye contact and you look at it. It is an overwhelming, evil feeling. Okay. Well, I'm going to set... Uh, I'm, I'm going to charge it with... Ch not just smite evil, but charging smite evil. Okay. To try and see if I can get concentration or anything there. So. That's, yep. Uh, okay. So you. Ch okay. So you charge at it. Okay. Uh, that's a twelve plus uh, sixteen. So that's twenty-eight. That will hit, yes. Right, so it's 13 plus 16, so that's 29, plus a d10, plus a d8. Jesus Christ. That's 40, 41 points of death. <laughs> Brilliant. Splash. Lovely. What? <laughs> um, Brilliant. One second. Uh, adding more hit points One to second. monster. You must have got no. Okay. Um. Yeah. With that blow, you reduce it to. 39 hit points below its. <laughs> <laughs> Put it this way it has 27 hit points. It had two remaining when you hit it. Right. Um, so, yeah, describe that for me. Kieran, uh, having seen what's going on, he's going to. And, and realising that uh, Ogvar. Uh, seems to be controlled he panics and goes right here we go and he's gonna charge and bring, on it. bring his sword as hard as he can in, and go in the name of Aversin and bring his sword crashing down across don't attack my friends suppose we are in a holy place <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, so you cleave this thing in two, and there's this moment where it's all still, and Ogvar, you feel these kind of this invisible claws, they 
disappear, they dissipate from your mind and you're left fully lucid. Just in time to watch this creature stood there, kind of arms and claws ready for the next strike, mouth agape hissing. As Kieran pulls his sword free, there is a moment where it just hangs in the air before it splits completely in two, falling to the ground and you've got this perfect bisection um, of its entire body before it dissolves into this kind of this black blood which fizzles and hisses as it dissipates. Look, um, look, luckily, Kieran forgot his extra 1d6 as well because that would have been another four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm not sure what, 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 what goes beyond dead, but I think you've already hit, hit it. So, um, yeah, and that's it. Combat's over. Really? Okay. Wow. He's just done 41 points of damage in one blow. <laughs> right, uh, so, Cubian's going to look around, uh, go over to uh, young Brady, and uh, see if he can open the cage. Yeah, okay, so the cage is secured by... Um, it almost looks like a piece of metal has been taken and then bent and wrenched round to secure it. Um, you can actually see that there is one particular gap in the bottom which is just big enough for um, Ivona. It would have been just big enough for Ivona to squeeze out of. Um, but other than that, the cage is almost locked shut with this piece of metal. In that case, um, do we assume that Braid is older? Or better fed. Yeah. Well, you can assume if you want, you can actually go and look at him. So if you could do that. <laughs> well, if there's um, a gap in the cage and he's younger, he'd be able to get out, wouldn't he? As you look into the cage, you see a young boy. He's younger than Ivona. You'd say perhaps six years old. However, he lies on the floor, whimpering, in clear agony from a vicious-looking bite wound to his neck, which slowly oozes blood into the steadily growing puddle around him. I'm going to look at him and I go, God, that doesn't look too good, does it? I uh, think we need to stop by getting him out. Let's get him out of there. Um, is, it, is it a metal cage? <coughs> uh, no, it is wooden. Do you want me to melt the lock? Melt the, melt that piece of le- uh, metal? Could Ogvar just chop it up with his battle axe? Uh, that's another way of doing it. Yes, you may. Yeah, it's not. It's not particularly strong wood. They've the, whoever this you'd assume you might think it was this creature was created. It looks quite roughly made, um, and it's not very strong wood. It's not like seasoned oak or hardened oak. It is just kind of like whatever was to hand, whether that be some old rotting planks or whatever. So yeah, it is very easy for you to kind of chop a hole out of this cage. Okay. And uh, once we knock that down, just sort of scoop him up pick him up and get him out yeah he is very limp um, and you can see this is a substantial pool of blood um, his limbs are limp he's very unresponsive he's very cold to the touch is he still alive though barely you can you see his chest moving but as you watch his chest stops and for a heart like a kind of heart-wrenching moment you think it's not going to rise again and then it just slowly stutters its way back up. 
He's in an incredibly bad way. Um, Elora has um, a potion of cure moderate wounds in her backpack. She's going to. She's going to. Ouch! Sorry. She's going to pull that out, and she's going to gently pour that, like lift his head slightly, and get that into his mouth. Yeah. Okay. You pour it down his throat, and he doesn't wake up. He doesn't take consciousness. But he does begin, you see his chest, the breathing evens out, smooths out. The bleeding from his neck stops. It, it, it goes from kind of like a, a harsh, uh, a kind of a slow pulse with each beat. It turns into kind of like a sluggish dribble and then almost seals up. You can see that it's going to leave a horrific set of teeth mark, like teeth, tooth marks. It's going to leave a horrific scar in his neck. But it has stopped the bleeding. And his body begins, you get the, it begins to warm back up slightly. Uh, he's fully unconscious. I haven't got, I haven't got a blanket on me. We need to get him back onto these horses and we need to get back to this wagon where Esther, Esther can, can do a bit of healing and we've got some blankets and stuff back there and some water and food. Let, let's, let's get him out of here. Ogval just sort of looks up and points at the, the man hanging from the ceiling. What about him? One of us get him back to the. One of you two get him back to the. To the horses. The other two of us, we can search this place. And we'll be out as soon as possible. We'll just make sure there's nobody else in here that needs removing and. Right, uh. Well, I've still got the light on. The sword, haven't I? Yeah. Uh. Yes. Okay, as, uh, as Ogvar has Brady in his arms, he will make his way out the cave then. Yep, okay, so you make your way out of the cave, you head back to the horses. Um, are you going to take off before the others do, or are you going to wait? Um, I'll probably get Brady up on the horse and uh, get the winter blanket out of my uh, out the pack and sort of just stall for time, really, just to see if they come out, uh, see what goes on, so however long that takes, see what transpires. Yeah, yeah you... You can wrap Brady up like a burrito, mm, nice. and yeah, you can get get him get him onto the horse and get yourself on the horse and get it situated so you can ride off with him. Yeah, okay. In the meantime, Kewin and Elora in the room. Uh, you're going to take a look around. Yes. Okay. So inside the room, you have twelve desiccated corpses in various stages of decay. Some are just dried out husks. Some are a little fresher. They're of all different gen- they're of different genders, male, female, different sizes, young, old. You know, it's 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 a varied array of, of desiccated corpses here. Um, you're able to find while you are scrounging around, you can find um, let's see, six gold pieces, ten silver pieces as you're just kind of looking for anything. Uh, but you do find in the leftmost and backmost cage there is an old man. Um, he looks emaciated. He looks very, very thin. Um, he looks in a far worse way than Ivona did. Um, his breath rattles. It's like it's like death's rattle in his chest, and he he is very very thin you can see that his muscles have wasted away and he is it's literally just skin covering bone 
he is that emaciated and thin. And then you also have um, this man hanging from the ceiling. Right, Laura's going to indicate to Kewin, there's an old guy back here. He's, he's not in a good way. And then she's going to go over to this hanging man. Can she tell whether he's actually alive? Yeah, he is very much alive. Does he? You, he spins, he spins round, and you can see that his his chest is rising, and he actually looks, I say, fairly healthy. He doesn't look emaciated. He doesn't look like he's been there for long. He hasn't been there long enough to start starving. Kimmy, can you cut this guy down? I haven't got anything long enough. Yeah, uh, yeah, oh, hold on. Uh, so, he's over the altar, did you say? Yes. Can I climb on the altar? Yes, you can no. climb on the altar. Kieran climbs on... Uh, oh, oh, hold on, I'll, I'll just climb up here. Is he Right, is he actually over the main altar? He is over the main altar. Yes, he is over the altar, yes. Uh, well, as Kieran cuts him down, Alora's going to try and avoid him dropping on his head. Yeah. But he's going to have to be cut down. Yeah, he isn't far off the altar anyways. His, his hair is actually brushing over the altar itself, so he isn't... He's six foot tall by the looks of him, so he isn't going to... Fine, she's going to support his head and just pull his head up as he drops so that he doesn't actually crack his head okay, on the yep. altar. Uh, and Kewin's going to put his hand on him and heal him for a couple of points yep. of healing. As you put your hand on him and give him the, this, this, kind of, this healing boost, you hear him groan as he, as he kind of comes back into consciousness. What are you doing with the man in the cage? Well, oh, we've got to get him out. He's down, but we've got to get him out. He's a mess. Look at the state well, of this guy. Kieran's gonna place the uh, bloke down. Just okay. Uh, you just stay here. He's gonna walk over to the uh, last cage, and he's gonna get his uh, uh, great sword this time, and he's gonna take a, an almighty. Yeah, Whack you are pretty quickly able to break down the ca- break down the cage. Yeah, uh, and grab him, grab the young bloke, the, the old yeah. bloke. Out. He is uh, skeletal, and he's going to give him another two. Yeah, you you give him these two points of healing, and although it seems to ease ease this man's breath, as you hold him in your arms, he gives a final juddering sigh, and his chest falls still. No, Kiri, I think we've lost him. I think we're too late. What can we do? And as as you look down on his face, he has a final peaceful smile resting across his, his taut features. And you, you might you you possibly say that at this point death was a release for him. And you you made his final moments at least a little less painful. Kieran, can you lift him up on the altar? Let's let's at least just cross his arms over and just put him somewhere. We can't take him with us. We need yeah. to move. Uh, Kieran's gonna lift up the uh, old man. Uh, and he's gonna go. Yeah, uh, yes, you're right. Uh, hold on. I, I, I'm just gonna clear the top of that altar and Kewin will try and clean as best he can yeah. the top of the altar and then he's going to place the old man on top and 
fold his arms over uh, over his chest. Say a prayer for him. I'm not religious, but say a prayer for him. And he will say, Avicin, take this uh, one of thy servants up to your bosom and look after him and may he have a better life with you than it seems he's had here. Okay. That'll be it. Alora's just going to sort of dip her head because she feels it's just a moment to do that and she's going to gently take uh, touch Kewin on the arm and just say we need to go. Yeah. And she's going to beckon to the other guy who is now presumably down and if he wasn't in too bad a condition, I assume he's standing? Yeah. He's standing, he's moving, he still doesn't seem fairly lucid, he seems fairly out of it. He has been hanging upside down for an indeterminate amount of time. Yeah. He stumbles when he walks, you know, you might have to take his elbow and guide him. Uh, but you're able to guide him back to the horses where Ogvar's waiting. Um, you're able to get mounted. You'll probably have to help this guy up into the saddle. Um... Are you going to take him, Alora? Are you going to take him, Kieran? Who's Alora's going? Alora, Alora's going to put him onto the horse, and she's going to lead the horse. She's just just going to dump him and allow him to drape himself over the horse's neck. She's going to say to Ogfa, "We lost one, but we've got one." Oh, I, I see. Um, here, you you get on my horse. I, I won't get tired. Are you sure? Oh yes, right. Okay. Laura's gonna thank Ogvar. Uh, she's she's gonna hop up on Ogvar's yep. horse, um, and she's going to take the reins of her horse, and she's gonna lead her horse alongside. Okay. Yeah. So you're able to spend three hours. I mean, are you going to move? Are you going to walk? Are you going to try and run alongside? Are you going to trot? Are you going to what kind of pace are you moving at here? Ogvar's got the endurance feet, so he, he won't tire. He can go as quick as. I think what we're going to do is go at a slow trot, just move it along. Don't want to jiggle them around too much, but we know that time is of the essence, especially with the child, and we need to we need to move on back. So I guess I guess we'll go at a slow trot, just enough to amble along. Yeah. So with that, it's probably going to take you about two and a half hours to reach the wagon. We'll stop stop periodically and. Have you got some water you can give them? Because I I don't have my water skin. I left Ooh, yes, it Oh, yes, I've got it. got it right here. Right, so we'll stop and just have a few watering stops on the way back just, just to give them a little bit of something and then yeah. continue. Okay. So you're able to make it back um, and you breach the trees, the, the, the edge of the forest, and you arrive back to where you left Esther, Ivona, and the wagon. Are you looking for a D&D podcast for the dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old-school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls. Right, uh, Laura's going to ride up to the back of the wagons and pull the 
I'll pull the horse up to a halt. She's going to dismount Ogvar's horse um, and she's going to pick up the child that's laid over the horse and carry him round to the back of the wagon. She's just going to let go of her own horse with the bloke that she's put on his back um, and just leave him to the others to sort out. But she's going to carry the child round to the back of the wagon. Uh, Esther, Esther, where are you? Esther? Oh, yes, dear. You can see Esther straight away. She's in the back of the wagon with um, with Ivona. She seems to have washed Ivona up a bit, given her a bit of a clean over, got her into some cleaner clothes. Um, Esther, um, we, we, we found what we were looking for. We found a, a cave and, um, y- yeah, a- a- everything wasn't brilliant at all. Um, look, we've got Brady here and he's in a really bad way. He's got a nasty wound on his neck. Uh, we've given him a bit of healing, but he's, he's going to need some more help. Um, and she's going to just lift him up and pass him up to um, Esther on the back of the wagon. Yeah. So Esther takes hold of him and she immediately plops him down onto um, onto one of the benches, cushioned by a blanket, and she starts looking him over and inspecting the wounds and it's just taking a general look over him. So, Ogvar, what are you doing? Um, Ogvar will sort of... Uh come round with uh, Laura and um, sort of just like, smile and nod at Ivona and okay see back everything uh, is okay she grins at you and then flings herself off the back of the wagon uh, at you just trusting that you'll catch her um, and although she's not she's particularly lightweight she's very slight you do still get that kind of thumping impact into your chest and she just kind of buries her head uh, into the crook of your neck and you can just, you know, she just squeezes you as hard as she possibly can. Ooh, that's tight. <laughs> your, your, your brother's back now. I think he needs a, he needs a little bit of a rest. He's had a long way to come, as you have. So, uh, but he's, he's back and he's, he's quite safe now with us. So, uh, see, everything turned out all right. Okay. So... The mysterious man on the back of the horse. What are you doing? Um, just remind me, was I riding the horse? I, 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 I thought I'd just been thrown onto the back of a yeah, horse. Yeah, you, you were slumped onto the back. Of yeah, you were, you, you were mounted across the horse, but you were slumped over. You hadn't quite recovered from Am your... Am I conscious? You are conscious, yes. You're just very... Um, very drained, very hazy, uh, although you would have had some time to recover. Laura would have put you into the saddle, well, they'd have put you into the saddle. I think Kewin helped you up, I think it was Kewin that helped you up there. Would have put you into the saddle and you were slumped forward onto the neck. Oh, right, I thought I was sort of... No, that was the child was across the front. Well, if I'm able, I'll probably dismount if I'm that corpus mentis. Yeah, you're able to dismount. Yeah, that, that'll do me for now. Laura's going to gather up the um, the three horses and um, motion to uh, sorry motion to Kewin. Um, Kewin, let's get these horses like watered and stuff. We're going to need them shortly to hitch them back up to the wagon. Um, I, I, I don't know about the others, but I guess we're going to have to have a bit of a meeting. But I, I don't suppose it's wise to hang around here too long. I, I think we're going to need to get the children back to town. And we need to go that way anyway. We've got a bit of a journey ahead of us. Yes, yeah, so, uh, 
Yes, no problem. Uh, you, you're all right there, chap. Uh, you're still looking a, a bit weak. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure where I am. Uh, well, we found you upside down on an altar. Uh, didn't look very good. Uh, so we got you back out to there. Uh, we being? Uh, well, I'm queuing. This lady here, that's a lot. Her name's Elora. Hi, hi there. The, the, the fellow over there, the, the rakish charms, that's uh, Ogva. Hello. Uh, that, the, the lady at the back of the wagon's uh, Esther. Uh, yes, we thought uh, we, we were on a, a rescue mission for Brady, uh, uh, this little girl's uh, brother. And you happened to be there, so we thought we might as well help you as well. It's, it, it's all quite a blur. Uh, yes. Not sure where I am, what's happened, what's going on. Need to sit down for a bit. Uh, I don't think we can help you much on that, because, uh, like I said, we, we went after Brady and you were a uh, uh, byproduct, shall we say. Ah! Laura will have uh, tied the horses up to uh, a nearby, well, up to the side of the wagon. Um, she's going to come back shuffling a backpack on the back of the wagon, pull out. Um, She's got a vial of, um, oh God, where's it gone? Sorry. She's got a, a vial of cure-like cure, cure -like wounds and she's going to motion to this guy um, and she's going to offer it up. She's just going to toss it over onto his lap and say, I think you'd better take that. Looks like you're in need of it. Oh, no, very kind. Uh, no, no, just uh, dehydrated and incredibly hungry. You don't uh, need it? Uh, don't think I'm hurt. Can't feel anything. Okay, alright. Uh, so she'll take it back. And she'll pop it back in a backpack if he doesn't need it. Well, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, we've got some some uh, some food around here somewhere and our glass will have pulled out a couple of these. Uh, it's not much, but uh, we have a couple of uh, dehydrated uh, meals here. And it's, it's not much, but you, you're free for it if you wish. Uh, again, very kind, but... Uh... Uh, uh, when I gather my wits, uh, I think I've got my own somewhere. Hang on. Oh. Okay. Uh, so uh, I assume I'm I'm wearing. Uh, uh, what clothing do I have left on? Yes, I assume my cloak with my cloak clasp was still on me. You you would have had all of your equipment on you. Um, you wouldn't have been missing anything. Nothing's missing. You would have just been fully equipped with everything that you own. Okay, so in the back of the wagon, Esther uh, tending to Brady, she casts Cure Moderate Wounds, uh, giving him eight hit points worth, uh, eight hit points worth of healing. Um, and whenever anyone goes near, or the next time someone approaches, they, you will see that. The wound on Brady's neck has closed up. It's left an, a nasty scar, um, but the wound is fully closed up and any other kind of cuts or scratches that he had on him, uh, you know, bruises, they've now all kind of healed up and he's looking a lot better. Ogvar, what are you about to do? Um, I assume at this point I've still got um, Ivona on, like, either on the hip or on the... Yeah. Uh, somewhere. Yeah, um, so I'll sort of turn to Q in and say, hmm, Q in, um, 
me and Ivona are just going to have a little walk around and make sure, uh, make sure, you know, see what, what's about and make sure there's nothing else out there. Maybe, um, maybe you could, uh, have a little word with Esther and make sure there's no, uh, repercussions of, uh, ongoing issues with, uh, Brady's, uh, injuries. Yes, uh, uh, no problem. Yes, Come on, yes, Ivona, let's, uh, uh, let's, let's go for a little walk. I've, I've, got, I've got a book here all about mushrooms. And see if we can... I'll show you the pictures and you can see if you can find any. Okay, so, Ogvar, you head off into the woods or just the edge of the woodland with Ivona. Um, mm-hmm. You've pulled your book out of your pack uh, and Ivona's clutching it with both hands. It's, it's quite a... It's quite a dense book, so you are having to support the book as well by the spine, just to make sure it doesn't drop. Um, but Ivona is happily chatting away to you, pointing at all sorts of interesting mushrooms. Um, she can't read very well. Um, a lot of the words, she just picks out the ones she knows. And with Professor, Professor Portia Bella being as highly educated as she is, there are quite a few complex words in there that, you know, sometimes if you look at them, you, you don't quite understand straight off um, so yeah you head into, the, into just into the edge of the woodlands with Ivona uh, and you're hunting for mushrooms yes please looking for anything that may be useful to pick and bring back okay so make me a survival check with a minus two can I can I not use my fine mushroom skill yeah you can use your fine mushroom just pop a minus okay. two onto it because I, uh, okay, Ivona okay. has no idea what she's doing. She's very distracted. Okay, minus two. That is going to be a. Um, 23. Oh. <laughs> yeah, okay, so as you start walking through the woods, you're able to see quite a lot of mushrooms. Um, the, the very very common ones but you're, you're able to see a proliferation of them and it, it's you know things like you, you see some under under a log and you lift up the edge of the log and tip forwards and Ivona gives this kind of happy squeal as, as she is then kind of dangling perpendicular to the floor um, and yeah she's having an amazing time looking for mushrooms with you okay okay so cue in uh, uh... Uh, uh, Esther, can I, can I, uh, have a quick word, if that's okay? Nope, uh, yes, dearie, yes, uh, one, one second. And she pops a blanket over Brady. He's still unconscious, um, he looks to be more asleep than passed out now. Um, but she, she pops a blanket over him and she hops down from the back of the wagon as gently as she possibly can. Um, what, what can I do for you, dearie? Uh, right, uh, uh. Those punctures, uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It, it, it seems that uh, we might have encountered a vampire, uh, and those punctures in his neck. I'm just worried that uh, is he going to be all right, or will we have to deal with them at a certain time later? Well, um, I'm not entirely sure. Describe. I, I'm, did you encounter anything? Is, is, is there anything to suggest other than the bite that it was? A vampire of any kind? Uh, not really, but, uh, you know, I don't know many things that uh, have puncture wounds uh, in that leave puncture wounds in the neck, unless it's a snake, of course. They tend to use the whole fangs holes, but, uh, 
I, I don't really know anything else. At that point, Alora's going to just walk up behind Kewin. What am I yep. missing? What are you guys talking about? Uh, uh, bet the puncture's on uh, young Brady's neck and whether it was uh, from a vampire and whether oh. we might have problems later as he turns. Uh, can Alora make... Um... From what she saw in the cave, can she make some kind of check? Um, yeah, you can make a knowledge nature check. Um, yeah, okay. Knowledge. Well, I haven't got knowledge nature. Um, then just a straight knowledge then. Just a straight... Oh, okay, just a straight knowledge. Right, okay. A bit wrong. Well, that's a 16. Would, would she have been able to identify, bearing in mind that um, obviously vampires are a commonplace thing throughout Innistrad, or in certain locales of Innistrad anyway, yeah. would she have known what the creature was that they killed? Yeah, okay. So, remembering, reminiscing back to this creature that you fought in the crypt, try to draw a resemblance to Riker and there are quite a few differences between the two for one Riker was strikingly handsome although he looked um, he had quite sculpted features he had quite a, a predatory glint in his eye he seemed quite suave quite striking very beautiful this creature that you encountered in the crypt was anything but. While it did have a humanoid shape, and it had, um, it, it was wearing tattered noble clothing, it was most definitely not the same as Riker. Uh, for one, it was very, very feral. It had uh, horrific features. Uh, it had vicious-looking canine teeth. It looked almost kind of emaciated. Um, it just it just looked very much different from Riker. Okay, Alora would um, convey that information. She would impart that to Esther, um, and basically say to Esther, um, you know, it, that's all that I can remember. Uh, unless Kieran remembers anything different, that's that's what the creature looked like. Uh, I think you'd have a better knowledge of these things than I would. Um, but it, it, it didn't look like Riker. It, it, it did, there, there was no affluence about this thing. No, it was, it was more feral. Yeah, that's right, yeah. That's, that's how I'd describe it, yeah. Mm. Can, can Simon overhear this conversation? Maybe a listen check. Because I assume with my, uh, with my history, um, I'd know what it was. Yeah, make me make me a listen check. Uh, so that's twenty-three all in. Yep, you would be able to hear this conversation, and yes, you would have knowledge of what this is. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it was a goblin spawn. A uh, goblin spawn, vampire spawn. <laughs> God, my my brains really are addled. Vampire spawn. That's what you dealt with. In are, that you cave. are you sure about that? 
absolutely certain I've uh, I spent a lot of time hunting vampires. Trust me, vampire spawn. Oh, okay, so Esther, is that going to give us a problem? Because I, I don't know the intricacies of it, but um, you probably do. No, it, it shouldn't. Vampire spawns, uh, although they are like their creators, they are uh, lacking in several of the, the skill set that, um, that, that, uh, that normal vampires have. Um, I don't believe it will be a problem at all. Finally, um, some good news. It, so I guess I guess you'll be okay then. Apart yes. from the mental scarring, that is, and and the physical scars, I, I guess he'll recover. Yes. Um, it, Bad business, that. Bad mm, business. Yes. You say good news. If there's vampires spawn around, there's also a vampire. Well, there's always that, but at the end of the day, that's no shock, really, is it? Is it across Innistrad? Worse in worse if you're in Stensia. But you know, uh, Esther knows a little bit. Let's just say Esther rubs shoulders with these kind of folk on a more well, let's just say political platform. But that's a story for another time, perhaps, and it's none of my business. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm going to go hitch these horses up. I don't think we should dally here too long. We've got a bit of a journey ahead. How, how long is it down to Stagwick? Was it another, about a, is it another day and a half, two days? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll give you a hand, though. Uh, I think it's about another day and a half. We've been half a day, we've been half a day so maybe a day? Yeah, it's about, it's about a day down to Stagwick. Okay, fine. Well, um, I've never been that great at distances. I've not done huge amounts of travel, only on ships. I'm good with ships. I'm not good overland. Um, so we've got another day's travel. Um, we're not going to make it before nightfall. Um, but, I, you know, these children need to get back. I'm sure their parents are worried. We need to get to Stagwick. I think we need to push on. So I'll go start hitching the horses up. They've had a bit of a, a rest and a drink. So I'll, I'll go get these hitched up. So Laura's going to tootle off and she's going to start hitching the horses up to the front of the wagon. Yeah, it's it's probably early afternoon now because I think it was about midday when you stopped uh, and it's definitely been um, at least three if not four hours, possibly longer. So you're, you're talking kind of actually more like late afternoon, it's probably about four o'clock. Yeah, I think, I think Laura would be sort of encouraging everyone to push on for another couple of hours I mean it starts to drop dark around about six-ish doesn't it I don't know whether yeah a few months on yeah it, it, it yeah it probably be starting to dark darken about six half six I'd have thought so you can still get a couple of hours of travel and get out of this particular area find somewhere useful to stop perhaps that's what she's thinking okay so Ogvar in the woods with Ivona, you're able to find quite a few useful mushrooms. I'm assuming you're going to pick them. Do right. Yeah. Yeah, you find quite a few useful mushrooms. They're mostly kind of cooking type mushrooms. Um, yeah, things which will give a nice kind of nutty flavour or um, kind of an earthy tone to a dish. Um, they don't have many other properties apart from being tasty. Uh, and the few that you do find, which perhaps don't have such nice qualities, you steer well clear of them. Okay. Uh, and grabby hands. 
Ivona looks incredibly pleased. She's got her, her arms, uh, you know, she's, she's got armfuls of, of these little mushrooms. They're small little brown kind of chestnut coloured mushrooms. Uh, and, and she's quite happy and, you know, she's got one and she's squidging it because they've got a slightly bouncy texture to them. Um, and she's, you know, she's very eagerly kind of chatting away and, and showing you the mushrooms and and pointing at them and, and you know, just, just kind of in that childish way of saying, oh, it looks like this or it looks like that. Um, and she occasionally makes a slight comment of, oh, it looks like the, the mushrooms they have in, 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 in the inn. The, uh, the Union Stagwick, where you're from, is it? Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, maybe we'll have to go there when we get there and, and have a look. I believe that's where we're uh, heading to next. And should, we, uh, should we go back to find the others? I think we've got more than enough mushrooms here. We've done, done ever so well. She, she gives you that kind of a, mm-hmm, and nods at you. Um, quite happy with her little haul that she's got. Okay, yeah, so we'll go back to the wagon and... Uh, oh, hello, everybody, we're back, um... Is everything okay, Kewin? Sort of just raising his eyebrows and sort of, mm-hmm, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes, uh, ev- everything's perfectly fine. Uh, we'll just uh, take the little princess here and uh, brother back home. Back oh, yes, most idea, most good idea. Um, yeah, I've got, I've got the horses hitched. I know it's late afternoon, but I think we should get a couple of hours travel in. Uh, okay. Personally, I think that's a good idea. Let's let's move from this point. What about you, Wayne? Don't believe we uh, don't believe we've actually asked your name yet. Uh, Simon. Hello, Simon. Uh, guys, I, I was I was headed for Stagwick. Uh, uh, I'm a scout by trade. I'm I'm quite happy to uh, scout ahead of you if you want. Make sure the way's clear. Okay. Are you sure you don't want to sit down? Give yourself some time to recover. There's no necessity for that. Ogbar can keep an eye on things for now. You've had a bit of an ordeal. Uh, uh remarkably robust. Uh, I've had a bite to eat. Something to drink, I'll be fine. Okay, if you're sure then. Uh, but don't do too much, yeah? Okay. You hitch up the horses, pack everything into the back of the wagon. Uh, Ivona, Esther, Brady, um, any supplies that you got out, you pack them all away. And you set off. Uh, Ogvar, you're at the front, I take it, guiding the horses. Yeah, is I don't that, mind driving. Is that queuing or who, who's going in the front? I usually sit next to him and the ladies stay in the back uh, looking after the children and keeping them under cover just in case. A laurel pitch up at the back um, sat the opposite side of the wagon facing Simon and while they're going along she's going to basically she's going to start a conversation with him. Um, um, I haven't got in the wagon. Oh, I thought you had. No, I'm scouting. Oh, you're scouting. Sorry, okay, in that case, we're at combat. Okay, so I I pretty much, uh, as soon as you start getting in the wagon, I've disappeared off in front of you. Okay, Laura's uh, just sat in the back of the wagon then. She's just sat quietly at the back of the wagon, covering, basically covering the rear. Yep. Okay, the rest of the day passes uh, fairly quietly. Scouting ahead, Simon, you're able to... You know, you, you don't stray too far, uh, but at the same time, you're not staying particularly close to the wagon. Um, are you just walking straight along the path, or are you threading through the undergrowth? How are you? How are you scouting here? No, I, so I would have taken myself off the path. Um, I would occasionally cross, probably every sort of 
500 yards, but I'd be probably 20 to 30 feet into the undergrowth. Um, moving at a speed that keeps me probably 150, 200 foot ahead of the, of the wagon. Um, but very much keeping myself to myself and just trying to work out if there's any tracks that are worth picking up. Um, anything of interest that may uh, point me in the direction of where the vampire might have been. Uh, and also uh, anything that might be useful to eat for dinner later. So a bit of hunting while I'm doing it. Yeah, okay, so make me a survival check. Oh! <laughs> that'd be a nat 20 plus 10, so that'd be 30 all on it. Okay, cool. So as you spend time weaving through the undergrowth, you find um, clusters of edible berries um, on a bush. Uh, these berries are, are small, they're black. Um, you probably recognise them as uh, wind berries very tasty uh, but you find you find a good cluster of them decent cluster uh, you also find some wild plants you find some um, wild mint growing you also find um, some kind of wild root veg so kind of like um, wild carrot or wild potatoes it, the, the most it's most likely that something's fallen off a wagon at some point and, and it, it's just created a little patch of of tough root veg which is somehow growing uh, and you also pick up uh, the traces of a rabbit, which you are very easily able to um, track and hunt down. Excellent. Right, I shall store all of those ready for dinner later. Okay, but you don't you don't encounter anything which would suggest that a vampire has been this way. Um, as the evening closes, as, as the, the dusk draws in uh, and the light begins to fade as you draw to kind of six o'clock, you start noticing more um, kind of clusters of bats flying around in the air. Um, not swarming, just flying around. Um, it's dusk, they're starting to come out and become more active. Uh, on the carriage, you've had a very quiet journey. Uh, the horses have been behaving for you, Ogvar. Um, you haven't had any uh, any spanners thrown in the works by the done. Uh, it's actually been fairly placid, almost suspiciously placid. Um, and yeah, it's been a fairly smooth journey. Um, you might have had to stop once for Kirin to knock a, a boulder out of the road, like a large kind of slab of rock. Um, just pick it up and toss it into the undergrowth. And you hear Simon go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> he comes back, such stupid bats, throwing rocks. He, he's not very quiet. I think I, sus I suspect I would have first seen it coming. <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, dusk is closing in. What are you doing? Because it is going to drop dark very soon. You can, do have the opportunity to light lanterns. There are, sp uh, there are kind of little posts and hooks on the carriage where you can light lanterns. Um, however, they will not provide much illumination. Laura's going to call forward uh, Ogvar. Ogvar. Hello, yes. Um, do you want to keep going? It's you know We're losing the light now. Do you want to keep going or do you want to camp? Which do you prefer? If, if we can light lanterns and put them down the side of the carriage, we can do that from the back here, but you are eliminating the carriage and making our presence known in the dark. Well, these rules are 
reasonably travel. Yeah. Yes. And there's a few of us now. There's so. a few of us, yes. And say, uh, our new addition is, is, is out there doing, keeping an eye out, so I, I, I doubt we will get uh, surprised by anything if he's keeping an eye out, so if everybody wants to press on and make. Do you think we can make Stegwick by tonight? I think it might be into tomorrow. Do you want to travel until quite late night and then then we'll stop late? Yes, yes. Push on for a little bit. Okay, fine. Uh, is that yeah, okay that's... with everybody in the back? Esther? Esther is uh, quietly dozing. Um, she has Brady on her left, um, still asleep on a blanket. Uh, and Ivona is kind of half curled in her lap. Uh, she's got a hand over each of them and she's quietly dozing. Uh, yeah, well, uh, well, we'll carry on. That's fine for a couple of hours. Yeah, I'm know, good don't, for don't want to be. Don't forget, we've got to rest the horses. So get a nice early start tomorrow. Well, go till late night. Let's stop this side of midnight though, and and camp then for you know get six six hours or something in. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. that's fine. More than more than reasonable. Right. Okay, so Elora, you begin to light the lanterns on the carriage, yeah? Yep, and I'll lean over and hang them on the hooks down the side. I'll, I'll kind of look along the side, I'll peer over and find where the hooks are and just hang right. them. Right, so the carriage, if you remember, has got the big hoops with the canvas. It's a covered carriage. Ah, yes, yeah, I've so about that, sorry, yeah. The lanterns, the lanterns actually come with the carriage itself, uh, so you're able to kind of get a bit of flint out and you're able to light the oil in these lanterns. There's two on the back, one on each side, and there's also two on the front. Uh, and these ones on the front are actually kind of bullseye lanterns. So would I, they are, would I have jumped? Presumably, I'd have jumped down off the back and just run up the side of the wagon to do these. No, you can reach them from inside the wagon. Oh, okay. All right. I'd have reached them. In from, okay, that's fine. I'd have reached yeah. them from inside. So the, the two on the front are bullseye lanterns. So when you light them, you can adjust the shutter to provide a cone of illumination um, ahead of the horses. Uh, and yeah, you're able to keep going. Um, Simon, are you staying as far out or are you drawing closer as the night closes in? Uh, no, I'll stay as, as the same distance out um, uh, using my sort of my long loping gait. Uh, I'm quite comfortable carrying my batlax, so um, okay. I'm, I'm probably happier 200 feet in front of uh, the wagon in the dark than I am uh, surrounded by the lit-up carnival. Okay, so Ogvar, you are able to keep the horses going. Make me a handle animal check, please. Okay, no problem. Okay, that's um, terrible. <laughs> How terrible? Uh, the most terrible it could possibly oh, be. No, Are you no. going to circle the wagons without meaning to circle the wagons? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a nap one, yes. Oh dear. oh dear. Okay, so you continue onwards. Uh, and although the horses do continue to go, they are very, very spooky, all of them. Uh, these bullseye lanterns, although they are illuminating the path, they're not illuminating far ahead. Um, and every slight noise in the undergrowth, every snap of a twig, every shift of a shadow um, is making the horses spook. Uh, and they are, while they aren't unmanageable, 
it's not the smoothest ride for anyone and you are having to give you know put, put a quite a lot of effort into maintaining any kind of speed and just you know kind of woo there and, and clicking and jing them up and whatnot um, so, it, so it is a bit of a taxing process are you all right up there Ogvar it's a little bit it's not the smoothest ride. Uh, no, I'm, I'm struggling a little bit, if I'm honest. The, uh, the horses seem a little um, jumpy, a little bit. Oh, they're not flighty. getting on with the dog. No. Do you want to? Do you want to just pull up here? Is there someone to camp here and just stop? I mean, it's not worth risking. It, it may be better for uh, yeah. for everybody. Yes, I, I think that's probably the best. What do you reckon, Kieran? We we'll pull up here. Is there someone? Get right. Um, can we see from the light of the lanterns if there's somewhere to just pull off the the side of the? The track, perhaps a little bit, without getting bogged down anywhere, yeah. and just just make camp. Make me a survival check. Everyone who's looking for a spot can make me a survival check. Have they stopped the wagon? Simon, we're stopping. Because if they've stopped the wagon, I would jog back to find out why they've stopped. Okay, yeah. that's a seven all in for Alora, so not a great score. Eighteen. Survival. Survival. Would I get any pluses to that because of vision? No, you just treat it as if it was normal daylight. Okay, yeah. yeah 18 for queuing. Blind as a bat. 18 for queuing. 26 for Ogva. Okay, yeah. 29 so, for Simon. Oh, nice. Okay, so Simon, you weren't actually with the wagon. Um, but you can you can keep that check for the minute. Okay. Um, okay, so Ogva. You are, with the high school, you are able to find a pretty good place to pull over. Um, there isn't... The, the track here is quite narrow. The forest does press in close on either side. However, you have noticed that the forest has been thinning out. Um, uh, thinning out in such a way that the trees seem to be growing taller and they are further apart. Um, so you haven't got this kind of very dense forest anymore. Um, but you are able to you're able to find a place where you think that if you can get the carriage get the horses just to pull off the road it looks like a a pretty decent little clearing in the little little grove of trees um but it, it looks to be a fairly safe place to camp you can see there's kind of um big kind of thickety uh bracken brambles uh between the trees here as as you go further in so you'd say it's a pretty pretty safe spot to pull over into and there would be enough room to get the horses tied up, light a campfire, get the carriage sorted. There'd be enough room to get everything in there. Yeah, Alora's not going to pitch a tent because obviously they've got a covered wagon, so it doesn't make sense to to unpack everything in the dark and pitch a tent. So, um... yeah. Okay, Simon, with a twenty-nine, you notice that the carriage has stopped moving. You don't hear the sounds of. of hooves on stone you don't hear the rolling of the wheels anymore uh, you can tell that the carriage is stopped right with a 29 you also hear a noise from the undergrowth just ahead of you a low, snuffling, grunting. Oh, excellent. Right, I shall stand uh, stock still 
uh, and prepare my bow. Okay. This grunting and snuffling continues. You to hear two sharp snorts. And then squealing and charging through the undergrowth appears a small boar with a twenty to hit you. Uh, no. Okay. This creature, this little boar, comes charging at you, um, head down, snorting, and you're able to just kind of sidestep as it as it passes you and it puts on the brakes and you see it kind of um, come to a rapid stop and then turn round to face you. Roll initiative. A 16, all in. Okay, Simon, you're at first. This boar is the size of a small dog. It's got a thick, bristly black hide. It's quite an ugly little creature. You can see several deep scars on its flank from where it's clearly been in a couple of tussles before. What are you doing? Having prepared my bow, uh, I might as well try and put an arrow in it, I suppose. Okay. Rot it. Oh, that's a great start. Uh, (laughs) We'll call that 14 all in. Okay, 14 does not hit. Good start. So your arrow just, it catches on its tusk uh, and pings off into the undergrowth. Are you doing anything else with your turn? No, we'll leave it there. Let's see, let's see what this ball, let's see what this ball's got up its sleeve. Hey, you made it this far, so lend us your ears for a moment longer if you will. Firstly, we are most humbled that you are enjoying our yarn and the crew thank you from the bottom of their hearts for your patronage. Producing this podcast is incredibly hard work and as such, if you would like to support us, there are a few ways in which you could really make a difference. Sharing links to friends and family helps to spread the word so others like you can find us and in turn they too can enjoy the show. Equally helpful is leaving a five-star review on Spotify and any other streaming services, which will help us immensely. Or, if you feel you could go that extra mile and contribute a few coppers to keep our creative juices flowing, you can hop on over to our Buy Me A Coffee page or drop us an email. We would all be immensely grateful for your support in any form. Lastly, we invite you to visit our website, where you will find information on our campaign from backstories to settings. Join our Facebook group or follow us on Twitter. All the links are in our episode bios. Don't forget to smash the subscribe and download buttons so you never miss the next episode. See you all again next week, folks.